Sherm Chester with you on this edition of the Seacoast Sports Forum. We have as our special guest today, Mike Murphy, the Associate Athletic Director for Marketing and Communications at UNH uh, in Durham. Welcome aboard. Ready to officially check into the fall season? We've already had multiple games here. It's so fantastic when, when the athletes are back and then the general student body is back. Already this fall, we've seen on our campus, our field hockey team beat Michigan State or nothing and have a big overtime win against Quinnipiac. But I know we're going to talk a lot about football. Men's soccer has already had a big win against Boston University in front of a packed Wildcat Stadium. Volleyball, huge win against Boston College at home. So it's awesome. It's a great time of year. Always reinvigorated. It was even good sleeping weather last night, Sherman. I had to use a blanket. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, fall is here. Yeah, and the and the apples are getting crisper and all that good stuff. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's not a popular thing when people say "Don't wish our summers away," but once we're into August and now September, uh, let's get fall going. Let's get Amen. the sports going again. High school, college, and pro. Amen. Well, you brought it up. Let's go right to uh, the elephant in the room, so to speak. Uh, everybody anticipating how the Wildcat football team is going to do in its second full season under Coach Rick Santos. Uh, I went to media day and uh, very impressed how Coach Santos is showing his enthusiasm for how the team is shaping up under his mentorship. And uh, give us your take on, on what you're seeing now. So much excitement, so much anticipation, and a lot of expectations. This isn't year one anymore of Coach Rick Santos. This isn't being in the shadow of legendary Sean McDonald. This is a coach who led the team to the national playoffs and a first-round win against Fordham. Preseason rankings have the Cats anywhere from number eight in some polls to officially number 11 in the stats FCS perform top 25. And you see it at Media Day too, Sherm. Coach Santos, his ability to connect with his athletes is mm -hmm. different than I'm sure it is at Alabama and, and Coach Saban, right? There's hugs, there's daps. Like these guys are right into it. He's still the boss, but there's there's that comfort level uh, that he has with these players. They believe in him, and he shows plenty of belief in them. And that's why the collective has really proven it. Last year, nine and four, when no one was expecting it. This year, the target is firmly on the Wildcats' backs, and they embrace that challenge. Back to the the players themselves. And again, at media day, I was able to. Uh anonymously rope in a bunch of them and i wanted to get their uh, either a one word or short phrase to to describe coach santos and i'm just going to read these off to you amazing great coach gritty got that a couple of times personable inspirational generational a new light to a blue collar team a role model for a leader not only from the football place but as a man heart that was another example you got to have heart competitive goes all out a great mentor great leader and a great competitor and uh, i've got one from osho omiyani i'll save that for the end he, he took time to come up with a phrase to describe the coach so we'll save that as our, our kickoff for for the or kick out for the show so to speak uh but those are just some of the examples of of how he's got that team locked in now. So Coach Santos, this is definitely his team. Uh, he, From what I saw in the interview with him, he's ready to rock and roll. It's not easy to replace a legend, and Sean McDonald is a legend. There's no doubt about it. That's a Hall of Fame coach. But Rick Santos is comfortable in his own skin. 
He -hmm. was a star player when no one saw it coming. He elevated the program. And as a leader, he is the next generation of Wildcat football coaches. I love that the word generational and inspirational, those words were being tossed around because you don't toss those around lightly. He, I saw him just last weekend, Sherm, talk to all the freshmen. It was in the Whittemore Center at Key Auto Group Complex. And you had 2,500 freshmen, and he had them up on their feet, you know, doing drills like he would on the field, had them ready to go and encouraging them, get out and support UNH Athletics. See you September 16th for mm-hmm. the Grand Bowl when Dartmouth is here. And he just exudes that energy through the building, on the practice field. He can still sling it, right? The athletes were throwing T-shirts into the crowd, and he got it to give me one, and he threw it to the top row at the <laughs> arena, almost to the concourse. It was great to see. I love it. I love it. Well, the high school football season is officially uh, underway in the Granite State. Uh, two of the dominating teams in uh, Division One started their seasons off with big wins. Uh, I speak of one I'm very familiar with, the Exeter Blue Hawks, and then the Pinkerton Astros. And uh, they are under legendary coaches. Bill Ball on the sidelines for his 31st season, and Brian O'Reilly at Pinkerton. 46 seasons on the sideline. Uh, you're talking about two war horses, and uh, I'll tell you, I, I, I always loved to see those two going after each other on the field, and uh, it's like a chess match, and I'm hoping that's what we see in Division One down the road. Um, I, why I bring those guys up, and, and, and schoolboy, during media day, I asked Coach Santos flat out what aspiring high school athletes should do to kind of get their sights set maybe to play at Wildcat Stadium someday. Let me just play a little piece of that for you. And you got some New Hampshire talent on the team. Yeah. Schoolboy camps have started. Now you got sophomores. We'll put it at the sophomore level, trying to make it to the varsity level. Yeah, yeah. And someday maybe make it right here at yeah. Wildcat Stadium. Right. What's some advice as a coach yeah. to those guys that are listening to this? Well, first and foremost, I think work to be the best leader you can possibly be on your team. Uh, we want to recruit high character young men. So we we love to recruit captains. We love to recruit guys that are that are leaders in our organization. I mean, obviously you have to there's a certain level of demarcation in terms of how talented you need to be. But after we watch the tape and we say, okay, this kid's good enough athletically, the first thing we're doing is calling the high school coaches and and guidance counselors, everybody in the area that that will talk to us and kind of what what makes this young man tick? What's he all about? Um, so that that's first and foremost, kind of work to be the best leader you can be. Um, and then yeah, then I think it's just you get so overwhelmed sometimes about kind of focusing on all the external stuff. Just become the best possible football player you can be and you know, work to be an all-state, all-area type kid. And I think um, that's what we want. We'd love to keep the top talent in New Hampshire, in Durham, every single year. That That's part of our recruiting philosophy. We've done a really good job in the last couple of years, and we hopefully to continue to do that. Words of wisdom from the man himself about, you know, if you're a sophomore trying to make it to the varsity level at high school, now taking it up another notch to make it to Wildcat Stadium. So uh, obviously somebody who's been in that position, knows what he's talking about, and like you say, and, and from all the comments we've uh, gotten from the players that are playing for him now, he is a role model. And you can make it here. That's what's exciting about UNH football. It isn't like you have to – yes, they recruit all over the country to bring the best players here. Talent is a big part of it. But there has been proof for decades that the best players in New Hampshire can come to UNH and become among the best players at the Division One FCS level. It's been done. There are examples on the roster right now. Ryan Toscano from Bedford 
leader among tacklers, a leader among men, just a terrific guy as a linebacker. Uh, you, you have Colby Ramshaw now in his second year as a tight end, making an impact. Zach Guerin, who's from the legendary Guerin family, another Bedford kid. You can go down the list. Joe Eichmann, we thought he was retired from college football. He'll be a leader on the safety, and he's a Merrimack guy, and so on and so forth. You, you can see on the two deep New Hampshire guys, but be leaders in high school. They look for the guys who, of course, talent is going to be discovered. But if you're not a leader, if your coaches or your teammates don't look up to you or model themselves after you, talent alone won't get you uh, to UNH. And I think that's the most important thing. Be a good citizen, right? Go do the right things. Go to class, be a part of your school and your community, and just work your butt off on the field, too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And now, as far as this year, uh, uh, also during the media day, uh, Coach had high praise for our quarterback and uh, talking, you know, this kid has potential to go to the pros. So tell us about just the, the team that we're going to see hitting the field this year. Well, we'll start with Max Brosmer because he is the epitome of student athlete. When you read stories about college sports and NIL and you know the, the realignment, it's not the same. Right. We're not talking about what happens at UCLA and USC in New Hampshire. Max Brosmer is why college sports exists at this level, why I love working. You know, he came in as a true freshman the middle of the semester. So enrolled early in January, a skinny kid was Roswell, Georgia. Didn't say boo. By the next fall, because he entered school early, he was starting quarterback at halftime of the first game as a true freshman. And then week two, he started and never gave up the job. We hadn't had a true freshman start a quarterback here since Jeff Allen in 1976, I believe. And now here it is 2023. He's been through COVID. He's been through ACL. We missed an entire year and now is the leader. This is a man. This is no longer the quiet kid. And even though he's got two more years of eligibility this season and next already has been the nominee from the school for the Campbell trophy, which the national football foundation awards to the top scholar athlete in college football. So he's UNH's nominee. He was the CAA football scholar athlete of the year, has already earned his undergrad degree, kinesiology, exercise science. He's a part of a YouTube special that the university put together on him. So he has all those intangibles. And oh, by the way, he can sling it, right? The kid can throw the football. He knows how to check down. He reads defenses like a true veteran. And I don't want to go so far as to say he's got the, the legs to run like Rick Santos did back in the mid 2000s, but that knee brace from that injury, no longer a deal. I think we'll see him unleashed a little bit more. Uh, I don't think it's part of the offense, but he's savvy. And I think he's going to be opened up a little more knock on wood that he can run as well, which defenses will have to take into account. Yeah, he's got tools in the toolkit to throw to and a good front line. It'll keep him vertical. <laughs> well, that's huge. You know, we, the offensive line, is stacked. I know there was one player who didn't come back in David Perry and Patrick Flynn, who graduated, but Osho Omoyeni, whose name you mentioned, he's back as the stalwart at center. Matt O'Neill's a returning starter at right guard. Dylan Poirier's back this year, but he moves from right tackle to left tackle. And Mason Davis will be a right tackle. He played a lot last year. So I think you're going to see a strong unit up front. And they're deep. I mean, the, the backups uh, are huge. They're in better shape than before. I think a couple of years ago when we've seen New Hampshire struggle, 
a big reason why was depth from the offensive line. Uh, they've shored that up. Brian Scott, the offensive coordinator who works with the line, has really done a terrific job of getting that starting five. And there's so much competition that the next five are ready to get in. Warm weather, you'll definitely see players rotated in. You can't just go with five and have them out there the whole time in this day and age. You're going to cramp up no matter what kind of shape you're in. It's different than game shape once the you really start hitting guys for real. Yeah. You got two games before we get home cooking, and uh, on the 16th of uh, September, 6 p.m., Wildcats hosting the Dartmouth Green, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see the rivalry there. So what do you think, or what have you heard about Dartmouth? Well, Dartmouth's going through some a major transition. You know, the, the, the tragedy involving Coach Tevens, and he's he's alive, thankfully, in rehabbing. He won't be coaching this year, but that was really a shock to the system because Buddy Tevens has been synonymous with Dartmouth football, and he is a big part of why the rivalry is where it's at. There was a long time where UNH had no trouble beating Dartmouth College. Those days are gone. Dartmouth is a suitable rival. The Granite Bowl is a real thing again, which is exciting, literally a real thing. There's the trophy that the winner keeps and the winner cherishes, and when UNH – Lost at home a couple of years ago. It was tough to stomach seeing the Big Green celebrate on the Wildcat Stadium turf with that trophy. And then last fall, the Wildcats returned the favor. And it was a little contested, right? Afterwards, you know, the heat of the battle. So this has become the rivalry that I think a lot of traditional longtime fans remembered. And had gone away for a while because the teams don't play every year like UNH Maine. But now that it's the home opener, Dartmouth's season opener, It'll be a battle. It'll be unbelievable under the lights and uh, can't wait for it. I don't want to look past these first two necessarily, but for fans thinking about getting back to a game, circle September 16th, be here at Wildcat Stadium for UNH and Dartmouth, six o'clock start. That's the sweet spot in mid-September. Should be a great way to get the home slate underway. Yeah, it is. And of course, then you brought it up, the battle for the musket that, uh, that, that ends the season and uh, that's against the black bears. So, uh, we're always looking forward to that game as well. I love that it's home this year. I mean, last year's game was an unreal matchup. It's tough to say, hey, that's the best of all time, but it was pretty darn close. UNH needed the win to get to the playoffs and win the conference. Maine was just playing role of spoiler, and they were that close. Overtime, going for two at the end. UNH breaks it up, wins, gets the musket back because Maine had the musket. And so, again, Having that game at home, that means something. The last game of the regular season, senior day as well. There's so many emotions that go into it. You only get them every other year at home. And this year, that game will be uh, November 18th. Thrilled to have them come into the dungeon this season. The battle of the borders. <laughs> it, it is. That's that's, that's another, another must-see uh, game. So uh, folks got to go on the UNH Wildcat website and and – check off the games that uh, and, and get tickets. Tickets are always available, right? Well, hopefully. Uh, I mean, yes, they're available now. We, we want to make it so to the point where, gee, I should have bought my tickets earlier because of the premier seats are gone. But, yes, unhwildcats.com slash tickets. And I know parking has not gone on sale yet, and that's because there is a new parking uh, experience coming in. It's going to be more seamless, easier to do, but getting it implemented has taken a little longer than we would like, but still plenty of time before that first game. Because now in this day and age, sure, I'm having your phone. You show them in, you get in the parking, you get to the stadium, have a great time. So there's a lot of new things that 
are going to be announced for the home season that I can't quite unveil yet. But fan centric seat, making it easier to get in, making it easier to find concessions and cocktails of your choice and have a great time. I'm just going to mention, uh, and you brought it up, so let's do it. Construction. First, let's start with Wildcat Stadium. There is construction that's uh, underway as we speak, and and everything should be done for the 16th when we uh, host Dartmouth. Uh, Tell us what's going on at Wildcat Stadium. Yeah, it's been a a busy spring and summer into fall where I haven't had a chance to go to the field because it's been shut down, not because of the stadium. The, The stadium itself is fine. The field is fine. The renovations are to the track. So the Reggie Atkins track and field facility, a brand new track surface for our track and field program, it'll have the Wildcat colors. So it's not that red that you associate with most tracks. It will be the brand. It will enhance, it'll make the stadium field pop more because you'll know exactly where you are. And there's still, the surface is down, but they're having to paint it. They have to line it. So it's been an interesting, challenging fall because the soccer teams have had to play at Tucker Field, which is a fine pitch to use a soccer term. It just doesn't have all the accoutrements. There's no video board there yet. It's still an ongoing project where folks are hopefully donating and getting Tucker Field up to where it is going to be the full-time home for the soccer programs and lacrosse programs. So that's one big thing you'll notice when you come to the game on the 16th. The other thing is the Bud Light Beer Deck. It was great. You know, it's a fun place to watch the game overhanging just above the football locker room and walker way, but they've resurfaced it. So it's level. You don't have weeds popping out. You're not kind of leaning over. It is a much better experience when you're watching the game from that side of the field. And right now it's still being worked on as I'm talking to you today on September 1st, but we'll be ready. We'll be ready in two weeks. Everyone has assured me, knock on wood. And another piece of construction. Uh, I don't know if people had heard the news. Uh, it was announced that uh, the Wildcats are going to get a big donation to upgrade the Whittemore Center. Tell us about that. Sure. Anthony DiLorenzo, uh, class of 87 at UNH, owner of Key Auto Group, ha- is a big supporter. And he has pledged $4 million toward this project. And then Governor Sununu, Sununu in the last state budget approved uh, $6 million. So $10 million as part of this project another six being fundraised by the UNH advancement. So no money from citizens, right? It isn't like the university said, hey, let's go do this. This is a gift that started the whole deal. And uh, anybody who wants to see other facilities upgraded, please feel free to donate. Uh, It's unbelievable. But Anthony DiRolenzo took the step in. So the new name for the next decade, at least, is the Whittemore Center. We will never get rid of that name, but Whittemore Center at Key Auto Group Complex. And as part of this, the Recreation Center, Hamill Recreation Center at Key Auto Group Complex, the two share an adjoining uh, atrium, they're connected. So that's thrilling. And what's the construction going to be? Well, once the project is fully funded, which we need $6 million more million, so sure, send me a Venmo, we'll go from there. But this is going to just really benefit the student-athletes. It's a lot of behind the scenes, new locker rooms, because these are cramped spaces. This building was built in 1995. You know, the WIT has been open almost as long as Snively Arena was when it came down and the Whittemore Center was this brand new revolutionary changing the team dynamic in 95. Well, quickly, how time has changed. We're 28 years, almost 29 years later. So they're going to build out a new strength and conditioning center. So the women's hockey team, men's hockey team don't have to come across the street all the time and work out here at the field house, which opens up more workout space in the field house for the team's 
score housed here. Our field hockey team will now have locker rooms at the wit. And again, that opens up locker room space for the other existing women's programs in the field house. New offices, there will be study lounges, nutritional areas. All the kinds of things are going into the hockey programs, field hockey, and Northeast Passage, which is an amazing thing for um like the 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 pair the sled hockey team, you know, those who have some disabilities but are great athletes. Northeast Passage is an amazing thing that's on campus. They will benefit from these upgrades. And what it is, Sherm, it's getting UNH to where the competition is. Mm-hmm. You're recruiting student athletes and trying to retain student athletes. You need to be where Minnesota and Ohio State and North Dakota, these facilities exist, Boston College, BU. And so any recruiting edge you can get, facilities are part of it. Having things that will make student athlete experience better so they can study, they can stay healthy, they can train all within the building and stay comfortable. You get to know your coaches more when you don't have to leave. You're in the building a lot doing your work. So it it's all at a very exciting time. Construction hopefully begins within the year. But again, it's an active fundraising campaign. You can go to unhwildcats.com, read more about it. I'm glad you brought it up, though, Sharon, because some people, as will social media will will lend to, they've gone on and say, well, why are you doing this when the, mm-hmm. the art center could use work or this could use work? Yes, there are other buildings on campus that could use work. I'm sitting in one of them as we talk. This was not the university saying, eeny, meeny, mo, let's help. This was started by Anthony DiLorenzo, key auto group say i'm putting my money into this program because i believe that all programs will benefit that's a big difference than somebody suddenly just saying all right this is the university's priority we're spending our money exactly and i hope uh, when they when are they going to be doing inside uh, the actual arena itself some work on that yeah it won't start this season so you won't see it but it, it will become evident so if for those when you walk into the wit for the main doors as fans off to the right is right now you it's just a wall you know you're walking along the concourse but they're going to build out that way so there'll be glass you'll see the the new strength and conditioning center will look out to the, the the wooded area just add more natural light so it will be evident from the arena but it won't affect you as a fan per se it's going to help get better athletes right and and, and uh make sure we're as in shape as possible, but no, it, it's not going to change any sight lines. There's no new clubs being built. The last year, the changing of the ice surface was a big part of the in arena renovation that and the new sound system, the new sound system is in place. It will not sound like a subway uh, person <laughs> speaking in your ear. When we play that first uh, women's game on October 1st against St. Michael's and the first men's game on October 13th against Boston university. Well, you bring it up. I'm, I, I'll make my donation to, uh, Upgrade the uh, Mike Murphy broadcast booth. How about that? <laughs> if there was, if, if anything is going to be named after me, it's probably a restroom stall. But I appreciate the sentiment that you would think a broadcast booth would. There's too many other good broadcasters around here for my name to be atop any list. And you are you are a pro, no doubt about it. I want to cap this off today. I brought his name up earlier uh, when I was doing the round robin of uh, just getting the, the players' feelings for the coach, Coach Santos. Uh, the the one guy that took time and I mean they all took time but this guy really put some thought into what he was going to say Osho Omoyani let me think I want to give a good word I say he's like a fulfilling coach it's a weird word to use um but I just feel like he kind of lets you 
um, like be yourself, which kind of gives you the space to be the best, not only man, but also football player you can be. Um, and for him, I feel like it's a fulfilling position. And I can see it in his eyes every day. Like he just like he's grateful for the opportunity, which trickles down like everybody's just grateful to be here. You know what I'm saying? And it kind of really sets a good example. So I feel like it's fulfilling for him, fulfilling for us and also fulfilling for the program to see a legend like that come back full circle and, and lead us back to where we're supposed to be. He grows, you grow. Exactly. Well, there you go. What do you think about that, Michael? Another great leader, Osho Omoyeni. We talked about these guys before and how the coach sets the tone and they are almost mimics of him, right? Osh is is awesome. He's been around. You know, he's, he's not from New Hampshire, but just across the border, Lowell, Central Catholic. And I love that he answered you by saying, I don't want to just rush in and give you a word. I want to think about this because of what he's meant. You know, those players want a chance to play for both Coach Mack and Coach Santos. They will take the lessons they've learned the rest of their lives when they move on from here, and they will become great citizens and forever Wildcats. And just awesome to hear, you know, straight from the mouth of one of the guys who's going to be in the trenches every single week speak so glowingly of his leader. I know you said it earlier, you don't want to wish away summer, but hey, I'm ready for fall. Let's get the sports seasons, plural, underway. Let's get the ball teed up and and kick the season off for the football team and and i know i'm raring to go on december 16th when uh, we host dartmouth and uh, good things ahead I, I just see good things ahead absolutely sure whether you wished it away or not time caught up and we're into football season now so let's go thanks again to mike murphy the associate athletic director for marketing and communications for the unh wildcats in durham for joining us today and for Mike, this is Sherm Chester inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seco Sports Forum.